Welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive, where we take a closer look at a passage or topic that we've been through recently. My name is Caleb. I'm the worship director here. I'm joined by interim lead pastor Paul Utnich. How you doing today, Paul? I am doing well, Caleb. Awesome. Awesome. So we are looking at Acts chapter 2 in the second we week of this series. One of the most significant chapters in the whole book. Yes. Especially, I know at other times we're going to talk about the whole book overall, mm. but in this chapter, there's so much in it. You can't even deal with everything yeah. that's in chapter. There's a lot in there, which is why I was going to lead with this question. What I'm sure there's many things, given what you said, but mm. what what maybe was something that you weren't able to talk about that yeah. maybe you could spend a little time dissecting here yeah. with me today? Well, there are a number of things that are in Acts chapter 2 that in the sermon we didn't deal with. Yeah. So obviously, probably the most glaring one is the question of the nature of tongues. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most controversial piece because Acts 2 actually is the baseline passage for everything else that comes. Yes. Um, and we didn't, we didn't talk about that. That's something we couldn't talk about sometime in the future, uh, but we didn't talk about that piece uh, other than what actually happened in Acts 2. Uh, we, there's also Peter's sermon is full of stuff, and we only had to hit just the highlight in order to, to touch on, well, what's the main point? Right of it. And so much of the sermon is really looking at, it was a genius sermon where he goes back to the Old Testament and shows that really all the Old Testament really is centered on Christ. Yes. And that's a wonderful topic for people to do because that, imp- that touches our, our devotional world. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got as well some of the other topics there, you know, the culture pieces. Yes. Which really is a big one these days mm-hmm. and anymore in our society. Really, culture is a big one. We live in a very divided, polarized world. And Acts 2 touches on that. Yeah. So those are all things that would have been fun if I'd had yeah. five hours, you know, for a sermon. Right. Yeah. But we don't have five hours. We don't have five hours. We don't even have five hours in this setting. So what about what you were saying about that, like, thread of Scripture where, where Paul's got, yeah. I mean, he's referring th- to other things throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Like, what significance does that hold for us? Yeah, the significance is to realize that the Old Testament is not something that is irrelevant. The Old Testament really was talking about Christ. Everything in the Old Testament centers on Christ. We know that from Jesus walking on the on the road to Emmaus, if you remember yes. that story. Yeah. And uh, I would have loved to have been a bug on the wall on that conversation. Yeah. When Jesus says, let me explain the whole Old Testament to you as it revolves around me. Peter basically, in the genius of his sermon, he uses Old Testament passages to show the people that really the scriptures that they had been studying all their lives from birth in the synagogues really had been preaching about that day coming, that Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ yeah. coming. And the, the beauty of that is it tells us that when we read the, our Old Testament, there's, there's so many beautiful things in it that have to do with Christ. And so we say, how, does that, how, do, you, how do you do that, you know? Yeah. And that's a topic that obviously we wish we'd had more time on it, sermon, but right. we just didn't. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, you know I, I think about um, what you're saying. I really appreciated about the kind of corner market thing on the culture. Oh, on culture, yes. Yeah. So maybe, and, and and if you want to say more about the the scripture thread, that's fine. But I had that thought yeah. too of like, man, that's really good because I think we get so like we just we get so righteous. Mm-hmm. And our thinking of our theology, very proud. Yes, right? and it's like, wait, that's the opposite of what we're led to do, and mm-hmm. and being humble. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, I think when we, when we hear that word humble, we forget that that means like humiliation. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see in Christ on the cross, right? Or, it's not just this humble, meek, mild, right? But it goes all the way to humiliation. Yeah, I, Caleb, I, I love yeah. that idea. It truly is the humiliation of Christ. And so the gospel is going to live that out. Yeah. If the message is about a resurrected Lord, then a large part of the gospel is going to be that humiliation yeah. with one another. Yes. So the Old Testament from the very all the way back to all the way back not to Adam, but certainly back to Abraham, yeah. saying Abraham will bless all the nations. Mm. So you have the fulfillment of Christ coming. So then you've got Jesus who's now ascended, sending the second advocate, the Holy Spirit in order to walk with us for his mission. And he doesn't just come in and settle into one culture as if that one culture is the right culture, and then all the rest of the cultures have to kind of change themselves right. to come become like that one culture. Yeah. Even Israel, he doesn't come into just Israel's culture. The gospel comes in and changes every culture, every nation. It invades every culture, it penetrates every culture, and it transforms every culture. So our church vision, it beautiful. You know, where Christ matters most, where Jesus matters most, transformation, transformation follows. follows. And that is true in every culture. Now, some people may say, well, of course, I get, I get that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about how we practice that. You know, how do we yeah. live that out? Because we have all this this disunity, even among Christians yeah. anymore, because everybody has their preferences, almost as if we have our little corner of the market yeah. that we think everybody's going to be like us. And you you face that in worship. Sure. So, for instance, is there one worship preference that is the best worship right. preference? You face that every sure. Sunday, I'm yeah. sure. Sure. Yeah, and it's, I mean... I was even drawn like into Jacob's story mm-hmm. in this, you know, of where like I think about mission work in one way, and that's just not necessarily the the only way, right? He, I, I have a, a a love for you know like a more local mission, you know, that's more like my gearing, where some people are geared towards that all across the globe type of work, and it's this, it's all the same, mm-hmm. and it's it's easy to say that mm-hmm. until you're going wait, but that feels different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we get stuck is because something feels so much different. I, th- I think you're correct. And we have to get out of our feeling and go, oh, wait, truly though, at the center of this, it's the same heartbeat, it's the same passion, it's driven by the same mm-hmm. desire to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. I was drawn to Psalm 96 this week, knowing where we were going mm-hmm. in the passage, because, and I, I pulled it up, I'm going to just read um, what that says here. It says, sing to the Lord a new song, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Mm. So everyone mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Plural, nations. With an S. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> peoples with yeah. an S. And I just think we get, we get very like... Um, oh, hopefully that lost person will come in here today and hear the truth while we sing. And it's like, wait, we're making a declaration among all nations. It's not just the one person in St. Charles County that we hope we hear this. It is them. Mm -hmm. But it's 
all the nations that we desire to hear this truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's not the good news in that, because that can feel like a heavy weight. That can feel like a huge burden to bear. But the good news in that is that this is God at work doing this because it's so beyond mm-hmm. us, which is really what we see in that tongues piece that we don't have time to talk about. Yeah, it's like, right. this is God at work. Yeah. Or even in the wind and the, and the, the little miniaturized pillars of flame, fire. Right. You know, the point of those two pieces is, again, as we talked about on Sunday, God from outside coming in and changing us on the inside, which is radically different than our culture, because everything we say in the world around us says, look, you got all your problems that are outside of you, but you have this enlightened thing inside of you, that yeah. your, your solution is inside of you, and the Bible goes, no, 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 flip that around. Yeah. Your problem is what's inside of you. And so you've got that whole preference, my, my the word my, my yeah. apart from that. And so the, the gospel comes in and changes my, that one little pronoun. It just changes it from so many things. Because yeah. the gospel doesn't change, but it touches every culture. Yeah. Now, here's where the hard part comes in, I think. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think of this. Yeah. So... When you think about, okay, basically, therefore, my Christian experience will be certainly one journey that God gives me, places me, where does he plant me, how does he make me, how does he design me. Sure. But I'm going to bump into all kinds of other people who are on different journeys. Now, by the way, I don't mean that the gospel changes. The gospel never changes. There is a movement that says... Let's change the gospel to make it more relevant. That is that is so wrong. Yeah. The gospel doesn't change because the gospel is the truth from God. Yeah. But the journeys are all so different. And so how do I how do I become multi something, if you will? Hmm. Multiracial, multi generational, multi worship, multi whatever it would be. Yeah. Well, there's three different ways. In my mind, I can easily do that. Some people sit there and say, uh, it means I'm going to say to you, if you're different from me, I'm going to say to you, I'm glad you were here today. Mm. You're welcome to join us. Yeah. That's one level of connection Yeah. because we recognize the gospel is touching all, all cultures. Mm. I can nuance that up, though, differently to say, I want you here. Yeah. It's not just that you're welcome here. Yeah. But to say, I want you here, which means there's I've now got a value inside of my heart, which is yeah. where you started us. And I've got a value that wants that. And then nuance that up even more that not only do are you welcome, not only do I want you here, but I'm gonna actually look to see can I make space in my world here so that our two different cultures, whatever that would be, yeah. our two different cultures are in fact relating, intermingling, working together without any kind of uh, difficulty, without any kind of push, without any kind of conflict where I'm doing that. Now, think in terms of those three nuances. Mm. That's easy on some things. It yeah. becomes difficult on multi-worship, mm. multi-racial, multi-language, because as you nuance that up, and yet the gospel 
says that's what the gospel does. Yeah. That's what God does in the church. And so we finally have this little miniature picture of what eternity is going to be like in the church. And I, yeah, I love that. I think a lot of times when we feel threatened by that, here's where I think it comes from. Mm. And maybe I'm just naming something for myself and that's okay, but maybe, we'll I, maybe it's yeah, naming you, for somebody else too. I think it has a lot to do with our identity and yes. how we view that. Mm-hmm. So if I view myself, are you familiar with Bill Thrall? So yes. Bill Thrall yeah. came in and did a workshop with our staff one time, and it was really transformational for me and how mm-hmm. I approach even just my own faith. And mm-hmm. But he, he posed this question as a Christian, are you a sinner striving to be godly or are you a saint who sins? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you find yourself in Christ, mm-hmm. are you a sinner striving to be godly or a saint who sins? And the sinner striving to be godly thing, that's sin management. Mm-hmm. That's that's behavior. In fact, that's what we talked about even on that hymn, Martin Luther's hymn. Yes. You know, and the mighty our yeah. strivings right. will be lost. Yes. Our, we will fail. And it the, the, the saint who sins is an identity going, I am in Christ, mm-hmm. and I fall. Mm-hmm. And so when we find ourselves in Christ and are confident in that identity, we're able to be, not mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. It's this do versus be. We, I, I've got this friend I meet with, and he, he says, we're human beings, not human doings. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. we are to exist in our identity in Christ, and that changes what we do. It changes everything. Right? It changes everything. And so I think a lot of times when we feel maybe threatened by this individual who has mm-hmm. a different who's of a different generation, who's of a different ethnicity, mm-hmm. who's of a different belief system, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's. I think a lot of times we feel so threatened because maybe we're trying to get them to get in line with the way that we manage our sin mm-hmm. as opposed to finding ourselves in more of a healthy space of being rooted in Christ. Mm-hmm. That is our identity as a child of the King. And then moving from there to where when you feel like yeah. you're just a child of the King that's accepted, you go... You could be accepted too. When you feel like you're striving after something and doing mm-hmm. a bunch of work to gain your agency and to gain your name in Christ, mm-hmm. then I'm not really sure if you're up for that. I'm not Actually, really sure if you're going to be not. able to do this. Yeah, right. You can't. Right. Yeah. And so, but I think that's how we feel about the other people too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if you can pull off what I'm pulling off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of that has to do with that, not only humility, but the humiliation that you, you talked about right. at the very beginning. Right. Because that's where the gospel is going to change me. And it's so easy. Uh, you know, my heart, I don't know about you, but I'm, I figure it's true for you too. Yeah. My heart is so deceptively wicked. Sure. So I can take all those preferences and I can start putting those preferences yeah. now down into my identity. And I've got to consistently preach the gospel to myself. Yeah. And keep realizing that those are things that. I'm suddenly putting them up on something that God doesn't put them up to. Now, all those differences, apart from something sin or immoral, all those differences, we have the freedom in our journey to appreciate and be blessed by them. Right. But we should not place them up to the point where we say, therefore say, that's how I measure, that's how I evaluate everybody. This is our right corner. Yeah. You know, Calvary's got it all by itself. Yeah. Now, I happen to believe that Calvary's vision is a really cool vision. Yeah. So if I'm not careful, 
I'm going to sit there and say Calvary's got the best vision in St. Louis. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I have said that at times. <laughs> um, but the reality is there are other churches, they may word the vision differently, yeah. but it's the same. They're, they're gospel-oriented. Yeah, wonderful vision. And that's, that's the point of it. Is That's where I was going to try to tell people, look, there is a revival going on mm. in churches who don't strive for themselves, the way you just said it, yeah. but they say, we're going to strive for the gospel. We're going to be a gospel-oriented church. Yeah. Those churches are seeing things happening in their church that is far beyond anything that they ever dreamed of possibly doing and yeah. reaching people and, and growing and changing in themselves. So there actually really is the, the work of the Spirit in those yeah, churches, that's good. which makes sense because yes. the Spirit is only going to bless the gospel yeah. because he's floodlighted and highlighted on Christ. Yes. Makes sense. So if we've learned anything today, even just on our oh, own conversation. I think you and I got going on this yeah. piece. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's see that... Christ thread in the scripture mm -hmm. and let that propel us into not thinking we've got a corner in the market. Yeah. Realizing that the gospel yeah. came for all nations, yeah. all cultures. Yes. And therefore, what am I going to do in order to show my unity in Christ and on the basis of my identity, what will I do hmm. to break those barriers, if you will, break those sins down to where I might be dividing when the gospel says, no, you are united. Mm. Yes, very good. Kind of convicting, isn't it? Very convicting, yeah. and hopefully that convicts us to be the church that the world needs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's great. So yeah. thanks for listening today. Uh, we want to be a people, a church that keeps our Bibles open. We, we say that consistently, but we really desire that. Um, you can find this uh, at calvary.church slash resources. You can also email podcasts at calvary.church for any questions or even topic recommendations you may have. You know, Brad and I sit down sometimes and go through songs. If you've got a song you'd like us to look at, we're happy to take recommendations. Uh, but as always, have a great week. Go in grace and peace, and we'll catch you again next time. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.